Your skin's red, it's dry, it's itchy, your eyes are looking irritated. Maybe your gums and your teeth are even showing you things. You have cracked lips, things like that. Digestion's off. There's a lot of internal inflammation happening. You won't be as able to manage that UVA and UVB exposure outside. And we want to live our lives. We want to be outdoorsy, all that stuff. But the kicker with the sun stuff now is the LEDs and the blue light from our devices or studio lighting, LED pot lights in the house, they reach 100 nanometers deeper. That blue light wavelength reaches 100 nanometers deeper in the skin than the UVA, UVB outside. So if you're just kicking it at home, you're not doing your skincare, you're actually still damaging your skin. So convenience is killing us, like I said, sometimes. <laughs> we just have to have an awareness. This is Impact, the podcast where we explore entrepreneurship, mindset, and health to provide you with the ingredients for an unregrettable version of your life story. We need to be totally real for a second if we are going to talk about human performance, optimized living, and our highest potential. Nothing derails us stepping literally onto the stage of of high performance like the the stage that we own in our professional lives or that area where we feel most competent nothing will derail that faster than a poorly placed pimple you probably didn't hear that or see that one coming but it's it's kind of the truth you know i would have people who literally would not come into my office for years with like crohn's disease or ibs or like debilitating stuff going on in their body but they get three pimples in a month and suddenly they're like, I'm all in, Megan. I'm ready to make that investment. There are just a few things when it comes to health that really will capture our attention quickly. And one of them is skin. And so in a series where we talk about high performance, I kind of felt like we couldn't leave skin off. And so to drive that conversation today, I asked my friend Rachel Varga, to come back. And you you may or may not remember Rachel. Rachel is a triple board certified nurse anesthetic specialist. She's performed thousands of procedures. She like can run rings around other published clinicians when it comes to evidence-based approaches to skincare. And she is simultaneously a biohacker. She is super into this world of optimized performance. And when I said to Rachel, I want to talk about skin as part of the series. Obviously, she was like all in. She's a seasoned podcaster uh, herself, loves to talk about these things. She said, Megan, really what we're talking about is not necessarily skin. What we're actually talking about, especially in the context of high performance, is we're actually talking about radiance. And what is so cool about radiance, even as she said it, even as I say it right now, is that when we are like owning that radiant state, one, we do get less pimples. But two, they're literally overshadowed by that healthy glow, that energy, that prominence, that space that you can occupy when you truly find radiance. And so in our conversation today, yes, Rachel and I talk about skin. We talk about the latest in terms of neuromodulators and injectables and how that fits into the biohacker's lifestyle. And we talk about Rachel's optimal skin routine. We talk about hair loss. We talk about acne. We talk about all of those things. We talk about the skin stuff. But what we also talk about are all the things that come before it. What are the ingredients to have radiance in our life? What are the prerequisites to having healthy skin? 
how can our skin actually talk to us and tell us about the inflammation that's taking place within our body? How can we solve the issues from the inside out? That's really what this conversation is about. So yes, Rachel could probably solve that issue for you with the chronic pimples, but I promise where she's going to start and where you're going to end up is focusing on the ingredients that are ultimately going to drive radiance into your life. It was such a fun conversation. We could have done it for days. I'm super stoked that you get to meet my friend, Rachel Varga. Rachel Varga, welcome to Impact. Thank you for having me, Megan. It's so nice to connect with you for a few moments before recording here. It's it's just great. I know. It's so I'm having one of these days of recording where I probably should just hit record early and we should just capture all the pieces because we were having uh we were having a great uh, a great jam session and I almost caught myself. I almost said, welcome back to the podcast. But you were a guest on the Anthropology Podcast yeah. and we have we've blown it up and it's it's now called Impact. And I'm excited because we're doing a series right now all about human performance. And so like you you had to come back for this conversation um because one of the questions we get when we're talking about human performance is that people are like but i'm so, like how do i how do i also look like i am performing well like how do i bring all of these pieces together and often when people first start to explore this notion of performance you know it can sometimes start at that aesthetic side and we were just talking about that that actually the aesthetics is the byproduct of all the high performing things that we do in our lives. And you famously have brought together this notion of biohacking and beauty and skin. And so I want to, I want to start there. I know some of my listeners haven't necessarily had a chance to meet you. They haven't, they haven't gone all the way back into the archives of the anthropology uh, podcast. Rachel, tell my audience a little bit about uh, who you are and your journey um, and how this, how this came to be your arena of expertise? Well, simply put, I am a humble human on a mission here to help my, myself have the best hair, skin, nails of my life. And I am more than happy to share my secrets in my 11 plus years in the space of being a double board certified aesthetic nurse specialist, over 20,000 rejuvenation procedures under my belt. I write academic papers internationally sit on the board of a paper to do peer reviewing of articles. And in regards to human performance, this is a journey. A lot of times clients will reach out to me and they're wanting to ask my insights on how to optimize their at-home skincare routine. Maybe talk about dermal rolling, hair, skin, nail supplements. Well, that is a rabbit hole, let me tell you that and how they can get the best hair and skin and nails of their lives. And oftentimes, they're also up-leveling other aspects of themselves also in their personal and professional lives. Maybe they've gone through an event in their life. Maybe they have a new job. Maybe they've just had their kids. Maybe their kids have left the nest. Maybe they are starting a new business. Maybe they've gone through a big trauma. And they've just noticed overnight skin changes or menopause, right? So that's where I come in. They reach out to me for the very superficial stuff. And then they're often pleasantly surprised when they start to hang out with me to learn about all of these other wonderful body, mind, spirit, energy practices to bring forth a higher level of radiance and beauty. So my journey is what is radiance? 
not just the superficial 3D stuff, but let's go a little bit deeper. Let's go five, six, seven D and beyond. What is radiance? What is this je ne sais quoi? When you look at someone that might not necessarily be quote unquote pretty with the, you know, Kim K standards of everybody looking the same and their lips entering the coffee line before they do. <laughs> but how can we be this, you know, super human and feel great, look great? and have the best interactions with people, places, and things around us. So that's what I do. And I break it down and I make it super simple. Well, I actually, I like totally resonate with the word uh, radiance. And I called you actually, because I was like, okay, I want in, I want in on all your secrets, Rachel, because I feel like I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm all over the biohacking and the health piece and all of these things. And then admittedly, there is three disciplines of medicine that I just kind of I was like, I know I could be better at one is like anything dental. I'm just go see your dentist. Like I can't, my kids are like, how many teeth am I supposed to have right now? I don't even know. I just like didn't pay attention. Second area where I did not pay attention was anything to do with your eyes and like, go see your optometrist. I like, I don't, I don't do eyes. I just, I like had a block. And then the third was skin. Like you bring me a weird rash and I can, I can probably diagnose it. Like I'm, I'm pretty visual that way. You talk about what you want to do to optimize your skin. And I kind of half lost interest. I wasn't, I did like, I just, it did, it was one of those areas I just didn't know. And so I did all of the things. I had all the biohacking things, but I also had this like really, had this really busy life with three kids. And I was like, I really, I want to draw attention to, and I don't mean I want people to look at me. I mean, I want to like be mindful in how I take care of my skin and how I, age in a healthy manner. So all this other work that I'm doing is like actually being optimized. It's not, it's not going to waste. So I came to you with like my, my drugstore skincare routine. You were like, Megan, what's your skincare routine? And I was like, are you talking about how I take my makeup off at night? Like, like what are you talking about routine? Like that's how, that's how behind the eight ball I was on these pieces. And I have to say like, we had such a great conversation and I couldn't be happier because I just feel like you scraped all of the stuff off and let all the other work that I was doing uh, come to the surface. So this is my long way of saying all the stuff you do. And before we get into skin, we're going to talk about all the stuff that we do so that radiance can get out. And then the skin is the last piece. The skin is like, if we're doing all the other stuff, then that that part, I think it was easy. You didn't have to change that many things with me because I was doing all the other stuff. But you changed some things with me. So let's start with all the other stuff. Like, let's talk about what the prerequisites for radiance are physiologically, spiritually, psychologically. When you talk about radiance, what has to be true in someone's life for us to be able to access that? This is an excellent question. Where Once I Once we got there, right? <laughs> All right. In my very traditional Western training, by the way, if you're looking for a great practitioner, go for somebody with the bless the the who is blessed with the blend. I love it when I do little slips like that. Who is blessed with the Western traditional training meets functional training. And where I was many, many, many years ago was stuck in the one line of skincare, lasers, you know, neurotoxins like Botox, fillers, surgery, and then that's it. Those are really all the tools in my toolkit. But I knew deep down 
that there was a lot more than that. And it's like, how am I going to weave in the spiritual stuff? Because I I come from a really unique spiritual lineage with my great grandmother being the second ordained female minister in Canada. And then my great, great, great grandmother was one of the first people to come over to Canada from the UK and she was a spiritualist. So, you know, both worlds running behind the scenes as well. And then obviously, Megan, I was warmly embraced and led into our community of biohackers, health entrepreneurs through my friend, Dave Asprey. He said, Rachel, he was coming to me for getting ready for the book of Superhuman. Check him out on his book cover. Looking fabulous. He says in his signed copy to me, thanks for all the skin help, Rachel. You are welcome, Dave Asprey. So when it comes to where I went from there, I had conversations with a number of our colleagues in our our health entrepreneur network. And they were actually telling me of how different people were having not so good outcomes with certain rejuvenation interventions. And that could be due to underlying autoimmune stuff and inflammation stuff happening that there's like this toxic bucket. And I have 10 plus years of experience in ophthalmology and oculoplastic surgery, which is like you have plastic surgery, and then you have oculoplastic surgery. It's like the creme de la creme of rejuvenation. The eyes are, we only have two of them, right? You got lots of skin, but only two eyes. And the eyes tell us so much. So when you were mentioning things like dental and eyes, the eyelids actually tell us a ton. Like if you have leaky gut, if you are inflamed, your eyelids will be thick, well, they'll be puffy, they'll be red, you'll have lots of darkness around the eyes. So the, those are things I started to kind of notice in two subsets of clients that I would work with. Those that were displaying as being obviously inflamed that I actually didn't want to do certain interventions with. And we, we needed to start with the basics, right? Eating the right foods in accordance to their epigenetics. And uh, not a lot of people are willing to do the work with biohacking. They're just like wanting to show up for appointments. They don't get the best results by any means. And then I started to observe what my most radiant clients were doing. Now, this was a unique subset of clients that when they came in the room to meet with me, I just loved being in their energy. And these were oftentimes men and women aged 60 to 80. And they'd never done any type of skin rejuvenation before. They were using, you know, hippy-dippy skincare with no actives and probably a lot of rancid oils, unfortunately. And my hand is up. Yeah. I mean, a lot of us have been there, right? And uh, they just, they had something. So I was like, what is this? And a lot of wise practitioners will not necessarily, obviously, they'll help their their clients and patients that are very sick, but they'll also start to take notes and observe what their most high vibe, radiant clients are doing. And so I was like, okay, they're doing these body practices, strength, conditioning, yoga, flexibility, stability, all this stuff. Then they have some type of spiritual practice. And it didn't necessarily seem to matter what lineage that was from, just as long as they were doing something that was in the highest good for them. And then they were having some type of, you know, mental stimulation, right? Playing music, doing arts and crafts, like whatever, having hobbies, doing things that light them up. And then they were also doing certain, you know, energy practices, body, mind, spirit, energy practices. These are typically people that are living very slow, peaceful lifestyles that aren't in the rat race when they show up to see me answering the question of the day. How are you today? 
oh, I'm busy. I, you know, I just picked up the kids. This is blah, blah, blah. They're like, oh, you know, just went to Tibet with my, with my husband and young son and was just playing guitar on the weekend. So these two subsets, these two like complete opposite types of clients were working with me. And the ones that seemed to respond the best from rejuvenation, skincare, and all of that were the ones that were living their best lives, right? Body, mind, spirit, energy practices, doing all the hard stuff that most people, uh, it just takes too much effort to do. It's kind of out of our cultural norm to live a little bit of a hippy-dippy lifestyle. But they were just the ones that were doing the best. They had the best teeth. They had already the best skin. They just maybe wanted to sort out a couple fine lines, wrinkles, sunspots, uh, all of that. And they just responded better to everything. So yes, when we're talking about human performance, I think it's wise to observe what those around you are doing that are doing things just a little bit better than you are. So do you have a routine? Would you, would you like to start with the morning routine or the evening routine or the weekly routine or the monthly routine or the quarterly routine? <laughs> okay, so the answer is yes. Um, take us t- okay, so take us through like your... Let's start morning and evening. What does that that look like? Like notwithstanding the skin piece, and we can get into that. Like what what does that routine look like? Absolutely. Well, prior to the world being put on its head and huge human bifurcation points, transhumanism is next, ladies and gentlemen. And biohackers will probably be the first in line for that. About a year before all of that happened, I was actually in a pretty rough car accident. I was rear-ended. I was at a stoplight coming home from the clinic and a young lady on her cell phone rammed right into me in my little itty bitty Honda Civic. She was in a big SUV. Pretty significant whiplash resulted from that. And thank goodness, hubby's a pro athlete. So obviously we live a pretty darn good lifestyle so that he can continue to perform in his mid late thirties on the world stage as a six time pro world champion kickboxer. So I was already in really good shape doing personal training um, because things like that affect women more. And when we're living our lives, car crashes and whiplash, these are affecting a lot of us. And some of us, it will affect us more than others, depending on different factors. So at that point, I was waking up, you know, always in a rush, going to work, doing the nine to five, and my body literally got bumped into another path physically and also on every other level too. So my life had to change. So I had to, in order to manage pain, really dive into my biohacking. So now what I do in my mornings, instead of being super rash and out the door and, you know, give the hubby a kiss, goodbye, you know, running five, 10 minutes late, stuck at every red light, getting to where you need to be all in a panic. And this is the high beta state. This is like the high cortisol dumping state. I then started to have baths in the morning, have my red light therapy and, you know, be listening to some Enya sometimes. And I would just take the time to wash my face in the bath and not use, you know, the dirty bathtub water, but like fresh running water. And I'd use my cleanser. I'd perform my facial gua sha, uh, get some happy lymph flowing in my face and neck. And then I would be soothing my muscles and my neck and my upper back in the morning too so that I wouldn't be going through the day in pain. And then I would apply my antioxidants here, my eye cream, my neck cream, my face moisturizer. All those things are basically like multivitamins for the skin. And then of course, my mineral only, no chemical filters here, mineral only sunscreen, 
Then I do my makeup, undo my overnight heatless hair wrap, and wake up with fabulous Victoria's Secret curls in literally three minutes. So I know that sounds like, oh, what what is that going to take you, like an hour or two? No, you can definitely do that in about 15, 20 minutes. Have my coffee, have my matcha tea in the tub, have my collagen as well in like this fabulous turmeric elixir format. So that's my morning routine. So I'm not rushed. I'm not in that high beta state. Think slow, peaceful lifestyle. And then, you know, this whole evening routine too. <laughs> I, I love that. Do you change it up? I find that that works well for me. In fact, one of the other things I started to do was not take appointments before 10 a.m. So what that gave me an opportunity to do was, okay, maybe I feel like getting my workout in the morning, doing some stretching, making sure I'm fueling my body. Although most of the times I will fast in the morning. But I would just like to take that time, get that sunshine in my eyes in my bathroom to support my circadian rhythm. So I don't really deviate from that aside from maybe in the morning, I'll, you know, focus a little bit more on grooming, like do my own manis and petties, because that's a huge time waster and also huge point of toxic exposure is going and getting those things done. And grooming, Mm -hmm. you should just learn how to do it yourself. So when I see you, Megan, your grooming is on point. With your hair, with your makeup, your styling, your nails, looking fab. Hey, I've been trying, like, I've been trying to take the time to just like put some, put some energy into these, uh, into these pieces. My, my routine looks a little bit different in the morning because I have the, the, like the chaos of my, of my kids to compartmentalize. So I've been trying to like really like figure out the box in which that. How do you manage that? I'm not, I don't have kids yet, but what's your, what's your deal? So I, I, you know, I had a really, this is why I asked you, like, do you deviate from it? Cause I had a routine and then my like type A personality would get super stressed if my routine got pushed off course and it was getting pushed off course, like 50% of the time. So now rather than having like set things, I just have designated zones in my day. So my morning is like, I have a personal development zone. And sometimes that has to get shrunk as opposed to it being a specific amount of time. So I've got my personal development zone. Then I have like, there's always family that transitions into my work. Uh, time of day. So I mean, I've got to pack my kids lunches and get them at the door and be pleasant and get them to school and all the things. Then I've got my like work in the world time of day where I get to f- like focus on my team and like that's what happens. And then at the end of the day, it's like family and fun. So if I've put in the time on those other pieces, then it's like things get less and less structured as the course of the day uh, evolves. And I don't get more stressed because things didn't fit in. So I just had to find flexibility by zoning it out as opposed to scheduling it all in um, because my kids own my schedule for at least the next 10 years. So that just took the stress off for me. Um, But, you know, I was curious because I had a call with somebody recently and I said to them, I was like, okay, well, the only time I can fit you in in the next weeks is 8.30 in the morning. She was like, oh, I don't know. I've got this routine in the morning. And I was like, it's totally your choice. It's the only time I have. So finally she's like, okay, I can let go of my routine for one day. And I was like, okay great. We will, we will make it happen. So, you know, I'm always, to me, part of the, the radiance is also managing the rigidity. And so, you know, having a schedule and I always resisted schedules for a long time, but having a schedule that is my plan A and having an understanding it's plan A and knowing that we might have plan B or C like that to me was a huge part of 
of like not being stressed and wound up all the time, which I think actually factored into the skin piece. It factored into that beauty piece because I wasn't, I wasn't so high strung about having everything everything be perfect. Anyways, we're dig- we're digressing off of like the exciting no, this, things of skin. This is a really important thing to talk about. So you mentioned that 80% of your listeners are ladies. Well, I'm going to drop some feminine stuff here for a hot second. Let's do it. I am not rigid with just about anything in my life aside from the maintenance on my 4x4 vehicle. That is what I do for fun. I am an outdoor enthusiast. I'm 200 kilometers out in the woods, out of cell reception, getting that EMF, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, nervous system stimulation, detoxification one to two times a week. I have to. Not all of us are like that. It's hypersensitive to electromagnetics. If you are, join the club. You're probably super sensitive to lots of other things in your life too. And you're probably also highly intuitive. Most of the people that reach out to me are like attracts like, I suppose. A lot of intuitive empaths are my clients. And we're kind of sensitive to everything, including toxins in our skincare and also rejuvenation options. So that's really important to take into account. But when we're talking about having a balanced masculine and feminine life and being able to not work like a man, ladies, I'm sorry, we cannot work like men. We have cycles. We're rhythmic beings. You will do your best when you lean into your most beautiful, radiant feminine qualities. Guys will do their best when they are supported to be in their healthy masculine. I love my man with his muscles and his healthy masculinity. It certainly fuels me and keeps me balanced and grounded, centered and aligned. But no, I am not rigid with my morning routine. In fact, yesterday I taught a clinician at 8 a.m. I did break my 10 a.m. rule. I have these boundaries, but if I have the energy to be a little bit more Mm -hmm. flexible and fluid with that, I will. And I find that being flexible, not being type A is also a great way to be feminine. And if you have the energy to switch things up a little bit, I recommend that. And I also recommend switching up your daily routine as well to allow maybe a little bit of fun sometimes in the midday, right? Sometimes my hubby and I will do something fun together uh, in more ways than one every now and again. The benefits of working from home, I might add, Uh, right? But make sure that you are, I mean, let's talk deeply being feminine, We need to sometimes surrender and receive in more ways than one, if you get what I'm saying. And these are little hits that you can start to receive in your AM routine, your afternoon routine, your PM routine, which will help support your body, mind, spirit, energy, which will energize you and help you have, you know, fun throughout your day. And people are going to be like, well, what's that glow from? Well, you might not want to necessarily tell them exactly where that came from, but you know, you have to keep something. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) But before I would cram my schedule full, I would have six to 10 appointments a day back to back. And then I decided to adjust things and give my body a little bit of grace, um, having been actually in a second car crash while I was going to do my cold therapy for whiplash pain. Yeah, it's just brutal. So now I'm down to about two or three appointments a day max. And so I have time to do all the other things I need to do because I run a very lean business. I have, uh, I've made a huge effort to reduce my liabilities, reduce my stress. I never give my cell phone number out. (laughs) Smart. Have the grace to be feminine and flexible throughout your day for success. 
Yeah, I really like that. And you have more bandwidth for flexibility when you have a plan A. So the difference between flexible and hot mess, right? Like, and that's, that's that delineation. When we were talking uh, before, before we hit play, which I'm regretting not doing sooner, we were just talking about this idea of like slowing cellular aging. And, and part of that, um, that intention and how it intersects with radiance. And you mentioned sort of four areas for us to be mindful of air, water, lighting, and electromagnetics. Can you expand a little bit on these four elements and what they have to do with cellular aging? Absolutely. Well, I, I have two shows, as you know, and one of them is, well, they're both very biohacking centric, uh, but the one a little bit more so. And what I was finding was a number of my clients were reaching out to me to ask me about their skincare routine, the products, how to do all the things, right? And then they were, I could tell they were a little bit overwhelmed with this whole biohacking stuff. And they were prioritizing getting a red light therapy before having good air filtration or water filtration in their home. So what I started to look at was how can we optimize this biohacking stuff? And then my mom said, well, biohacking's for the elite. It's very expensive. And then I look at my husband, who's very skeptical of all this biohacking stuff. And he's an athlete performing at a very high level. He's doing just fine. And he focuses on the really like basics, the, the essentials to being a, a good, happy, healthy human. And for those of us who aren't as in tune with our bodies as he is, sometimes we want to go by metrics. So a lot of times biohacking, uh, the journey will start with the aura ring or the eight sleep mattress pro pod cover, the mattress pad itself, uh, whoop band, Fitbit, all these things. But you have to be careful with those because whenever you get those hits on your cell phone, holding your cell phone is literally exposing you to non-ionizing <laughs> radiation. And it's, you know, pulling you off task from what you were doing. So air, water, lighting, and electromagnetic um, purification in your daily life is really key. So for air, air purification in your office, your bedroom, your bathroom, your kitchen, your living space, water purification, reverse osmosis installed at your kitchen sink or better yet, with your home, whole home filtration, lighting, get rid of those LEDs, go back to halogen, convenience is killing us, and electromagnetics, keep your phone on airplane mode, turn Bluetooth off in your home, get grounded outside, live like a caveman as much as you can, eat the right foods, but start with those basics. Yeah, I absolutely, I absolutely love it. And so we transition from those basics. So people, people like me were like, okay, I did the basics and I've got, you know, my red light over here and my sauna over here and my whoop over here. And like all the, all I, 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 I love that kind of stuff. I'm fascinated by those, those pieces. Now, when we start to talk about, okay, next level, next level skin. And to me, when, when I'm talking about next level skin as like the basic person, I, I there's two pieces. One, there's you know, what do I need to know about my, my daily routine with respect to skins? Like what are the must haves and what are the things I need to get rid of? And then the next level piece is if I was to become more interventional around what is happening with my skin, what is the go and no go? What's the deal these days with Botox and fillers? Are we like go or no go? Or is there something, something better? So let's start with the daily skin routines. What do we need to know? What is new? What's the update? Like what's the skinny on this? If you're not careful, you'll go on all your social media platforms and get all this really terrible free advice. 
<laughs> Check. Stay focused here, people. Stay here. Tune out the noise. So this is what happens when you're kind of in my energy is I keep you on the straight and narrow. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about the five quintessential skin care things that you need to do all the time. Cleansing the skin morning and night with a double cleanse in the evening of the face, eyelids, neck, chest, even the back, you know, your back, your upper back there too. Moisturize the skin morning and night, your face, eyelids, neck, chest, hands, even the inner aspects of your arms too. Because as we age, that's really difficult to rejuvenate for the ladies. You get the creepiness on the inner arms. And then sunscreen every single day. So mineral sunscreen, face, eyelids, neck, chest, hands, reapplication to the lips throughout the day. And exfoliate a couple times a week. And not use gritty exfoliants like sugar, salt, rice, you know, that apricot scrub we probably all used in our yesteryears because those actually scratch and tear at the skin and can cause little micro injuries and lead to more sensitivity. But you need to exfoliate because you have to release the dirt, debris, dead skin, cosmetic creams, makeup that gets jammed up in your stratum corneum, which looks like cornflakes on the top layer of the skin. A lot of times people are scared to cleanse twice a day or exfoliate because they think, oh, I already have sensitive skin. I don't want to do too much. But in fact, uh, in as little as three to five days, and you just start with these basic practices, cleanse, moisturize, sunscreen, scrub, you will start to notice less redness, more glassiness, uh, less of that dry feeling to your skin. And then of course, treat yourself once or twice a week, maybe while you're washing your hair, do some type of hydrating and exfoliating mask or peel at home. So there's the at-home piece to that too. But if we're looking at the quintessential five key basics, cleanse, moisturize, sunscreen, scrub, and do some type of at-home treatment mask. I'm just sitting here. I'm like, uh, check, check, check. Like, I yeah. wasn't, I, bef <laughs> before you had your hands on me, I was not... Uh, sunscreening nearly as much as I should. And I probably why? need to get better at the reapplication. Did you say why? Why? Because um, I was a little bit caught in the confusion that our industry has. Sunscreen's good. Sunscreen's bad. Sunscreen's good. Sunscreen's bad. So that, that factored into it. And two, I didn't have a really nice one. You hooked me up. Just, I'm just, just throwing it out there. Like I didn't want to gross. <laughs> then I was like, okay, sunscreen's good. That's where I landed. I talked to enough, you know, derm people on the podcast, but then I was like, but only if it looks like I'm a lifeguard from the eighties with like white. Ever so it was just, I just didn't know how to navigate it, mm. which is, you know, the truth, but sunscreen is a big one because lots of people they think, oh, well, I still need to get that vitamin D, which is absolutely crucial for your overall wellness on many different levels. But there's some things to take into account. Some of us are going to be better able to manage UVA and UVB radiation exposure than others. That ideally, if you can be outside naked <laughs> for 10 to 15 minutes, get as much of that full body sun exposure as possible, getting that lighting in your eyes when you're getting ready and having your morning coffee without your glasses or contacts, amazing for that. But some of us like yourself, Megan and I, we don't have a lot of melanin in our skin. And so we don't have a ton of innate protection from UVA, UVB, and we're actually at a higher rate risk of skin cancer and accelerated aging. And it is not fun seeing my clients in their 60s to 90s 
that are just riddled with these precancerous lesions. They have to have skin cancers to remove things. I've already had a couple of precancerous lesions. So I was a very naughty young lady and used the tanning beds for a few years. But now what I do is I obviously put my sunscreen on in the morning. It's just part of it. I can literally feel the difference if I don't. And, you know, heaven forbid, I've forgotten once or twice over the last couple of years. But you also have to take certain antioxidants to give your body some of that internal sun protection. When you're super inflamed, your skin's red, it's dry, it's itchy, your eyes are looking irritated. Maybe your gums and your teeth are even showing you things. You have cracked lips, things like that. Digestion's off. There's a lot of internal inflammation happening. You won't be as able to manage that UVA and UVB exposure outside. And we want to live our lives. We want to be outdoorsy, all that stuff. But the kicker with the sun stuff now is the LEDs and the blue light from our Mm -hmm. devices or studio lighting, LED pot lights in the house. They reach 100 nanometers deeper. That blue light wavelength reaches 100 nanometers deeper in the skin than the UVA, UVB outside. So if you're just kicking it at home, you're not doing your skincare you're actually still damaging your skin. So convenience is killing us. Like I said, sometimes <laughs> we just have to have an awareness. Well, I remember you saying that because I was like, oh, it's the middle of the winter. Like I'm not outside. I'm in Canada. You're Canadian. You get it. And you're like, I know, but you're under lights, Walker. And I was like, well, shoot, like I got, not- I got nothing. I'm just, just tell me when. Just and hair loss, today. right? Hello, overhead lighting. We've seen a huge right. uptick of hair loss. One of the scalp formulas uh, has been on a huge back order because everybody's been losing their hair. You know, myself included over the last couple of years, I was losing my edges. And then, you know, within about two weeks of being on a really good scalp care, hair care protocol alongside my professional performing products, uh, all my edges are back and my hair is thicker than ever. But I should actually write a paper on, because I postulate we're seeing an uptick of hair loss due to actually LED lights in the home. That's, that is actually really fascinating. All the people who were told not to wear hats in the house are now like, God, it's my moment. What are some of the ingredients in skincare products that we actually need to like, just know, like, no, like go upstairs, open your cupboards, while you're listening, walk upstairs, like whatever you need to do, like wh- what needs to just go? What do we need to be aware of? Anything with parabens, phthalates, sulfates, artificial dyes, fragrances. You have to check with fragrances with the manufacturer because sometimes they can just be, you know, different essential oils and that's fine. But sometimes they can be phthalates, which are hormone disrupting. So no parabens, phthalates, sulfates, artificial dyes, fragrances, and of course, testing on animals. And the crazy frustrating thing here is that products and brands that traditionally used to be good, right? Like super clean hair care brands and all this stuff. You know, my mother-in-law, she asked me about um, a shampoo she was using and I looked at the ingredients and the first ingredient after water was sulfates. So what happens with some of these historically clean brands is every entrepreneur's dream is to sell their product brand And then it gets bought and then it ends up, uh, the quality declines. So you have to know about that with your skincare products and also things like your toothpaste, your hair care, your nail, your grooming products, your body lotions, your cleaning products. It does take quite a bit of effort to revamp everything you're using, but I make it super easy. I pre-vet all this stuff for my clients and the community. 
But the other thing is we also need to take inventory of rejuvenation we may be doing or we may be considering. So when you mentioned uh, Botox, that, that's a brand name. And the category that that is in is a neurotoxin or a neuromodulator. Now, you might have just thought for a second, what? She just said neurotoxin? Yes, those are neurotoxins, straight up neurotoxins. How they work. How they work. What they're doing is they're basically cleaving uh, when you have this injected in the face. Uh, The mechanism of action, the MOA, is that neurotoxin is basically cleaving the SNAP25 protein from from actually binding to the vesicle to release neurotransmitters in the cleft to then create the muscle action. So how neuromodulators work is they inhibit the neurotransmitter release and they impact the neuromuscular junction. And then after a period of three to six months, that uh, protein cleave actually reforms itself. The body has this incredible way of recovering after some type of injury and things like that. So that's why they stop working over time. Now, the thing to know with neurotoxins is that if you, and I've been really making a huge effort to put blurbs on this in all of my academic papers. I've written five articles now published in the US and the UK, plus the Surgical Nursing Journal and Journal of Aesthetic Nursing. And thank goodness they're open to my insights on this because when you're a disruptor, you never quite know how your colleagues and community will take it. What I'm trying to do is to create an awareness with fellow aesthetic practitioners to observe their clients if they have autoimmune conditions and and whatnot, that they're not adding a toxin to someone whose toxic bucket may already be full. And if you just add one thing extra, it's just going to, you know, it's one thing that breaks the camel's back and they're going to have issues. And of course, this isn't medical advice. It's educational information. Only if you think you have a medical condition, you must seek the guidance of a licensed physician. <laughs> the, other, yep. the other thing to know is dermal fillers. Uh, so there's different types of dermal fillers on the market and fillers in general. These are considered medical devices. Now, if you have something implanted in someone and their body has a hard time managing it because of maybe an underlying autoimmune condition or my toxic bucket theory that I was talking about, sometimes they're not going to be able to handle that intervention as well. Now, what I've noticed over the last few years are more and more clients are wanting to move away from injectables for various different reasons. And if anything is never not feeling right for you, you should really listen to that little voice and intuition. Because in my experience, when people have done things and it wasn't really feeling right for them, they kind of didn't really enjoy the process and maybe didn't have the outcome that they were hoping for. Now, the good news is you don't have to go straight to those interventions. There are very important practices, body, mind, spirit, energy optimization, eating the right food, getting your inflammation down, improving your cellular health, and thus slowing your cellular and skin aging in the process, using the right products that are customized for you, not just going for what's new, what's trendy, what you're being influenced to buy that might actually be toxic for you, using really good practitioner-grade third-party independent lab-tested supplements to support different body systems are all really key, and maybe doing some more at-home things like dermal rolling, at-home peels, 
doing your sauna therapy, your own facial gua sha and your, your own lymphatic drainage. Personally, I used to be about 60% in clinic, 40% at home with lasers and other things. And now I'm about 90% at home, 10% in clinic. And I've kind of been amazed at my skin over the last few years with really placing a greater emphasis on biohacking. And I'll look at my skin and be like, well, traditionally I would be due for this, this, this. And I'm like, wait a second, I don't actually need that anymore or as frequently. So you will start to observe these changes in your skin over time. But unfortunately, everyone's looking for that silver bullet. It doesn't exist. You have to do the heavy lifting, the at-home, the in-clinic, the body, mind, spirit, energy stuff, biohacking stuff. And your skin will kind of be like a late indicator. So when you're not well on the inside, the skin takes a couple of weeks to a month to kind of manifest that. Like if you have more sugar, alcohol, or treats, you'll have more breakouts and things like that afterwards, but not immediately. So the skin tells us a lot. And if you got signs of inflammation, you're in the right place. Just really quickly before we we transition to something I call our impact ingredients, I, I just want to touch on some some skin conditions and some common skin conditions. Like the top of the list for me uh, when we, we talk about problematic skin are probably eczema, psoriasis, and acne. These are the three biggest things that came into my office where people were like, I need I am self-conscious of what is happening on my skin and I need an alternative answer. Can we start by commenting on those three? And then I'd love to hear from you what you're seeing in your office. Absolutely. I've actually done quite a deep dive myself on the practice of cleansing and doing some pretty intense cleanses to clear out overgrowths of yeast, fungi, toxins, organisms, and parasites. And I started to look at some of the work of parasitologists, practitioners that have been doing this for a long time. We're talking 40 years of experience. And actually, when we're looking at things like Lyme's disease, a huge portion of that is actually um, the pathogen itself is actually found in the parasite that's, you know, infested somebody. And then once you clear that out, the Lyme goes with it because it was in the parasite. So very fascinating things. Um, I'm a huge fan of doing monthly cleanses with different herbs, and then also quarterly really intense cleanses. And other cultures do this, right? They deworm their kids before going to school in the Philippines. We deworm our dogs, our, our animals, but we forget to deworm ourselves. <laughs> and actually- That's because we don't have worms, Rachel. Yes. So we've been told, right, these are things that impact third world countries, but we are in North America. So that can't possibly impact us. We're above that. Yet we have people flying all over the place, right? So you have to just think for a moment. Sometimes you have to critically think of what maybe you're hearing and just, just maybe be a little bit skeptical. Skepticism is a sign of intelligence. My husband is very skeptical of absolutely everything I do. And uh, I like having that healthy skepticism in my partner because it makes me critically evaluate things too. But the more I learn about cleansing and just how little I was taught in my traditional nursing, I literally remember photographically the picture in the textbook that was talking about parasites. There was one page in my many years, I've done eight plus years of post-secondary education now. And I, this is a huge root cause of many of the things you're talking about, eczema, psoriasis, acne, 
overall inflammation, issues with hair, skin, and nails, brain fog. Because when we have an overgrowth of some of these things like uh, yeast, fungi, toxins, and organisms, they literally impact every single body system. And I am interested, not just the gut, and I am interested in the largest organ of the body, which is the skin, and everything else feeds into that. So I had quite an experience the first time I did a proper cleanse and had results for uh, actually over a month. And I'm a very healthy individual. I had no signs that, you know, things were inside me, taking my nutrients, taking my life force, probably even messing with my brain to some degree. And now I just feel like I'm on limitless, right? When you've done a cleanse, you're like, whoa, I'm not eating as much as I used to. I don't have to drink as much as I used to. I don't have these sugar cravings. I don't have these alcohol cravings. I feel mentally rock solid, clear, and I have more energy. And I think that this is a huge missing link with uh, actually both Western and functional um, aspects and also looking at the blood. The blood tells us so much through live blood cell analysis. One in two people, uh, statistically speaking, as per parapsychologists that studied this stuff for 40 plus years, one in two people have an active infestation and overgrowth. So what you want to do there is just be you know, preventative and do monthly cleanses around the full moon every quarter. Get your whole family to do it. These are practices other cultures do, but we've just forgotten in North America. But you can't help but wonder why. Because we're in denial. I'm just throwing it out there. We also make people a lot of money when we're sick, when we're having a lot of skin conditions. Yeah. For any one of those, I mean, it's not really different for me either in how I would approach it clinically, but you're talking about like, we've got to address what's happening in that internal milieu before we're, we're starting. There's no magic bullet externally to fix these issues. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In fact, Mm -hmm. if there are things running in the background, you're going to have delayed healing. You're going to have increased risk of, you know, not getting optimal outcomes. And that's the theme with all of my academic articles on rejuvenation for the eyes, the jawline, taking this global approach. What's the algorithm for rejuvenation at home and in the clinic is getting optimal outcomes. And you got to set the stage. You got to do the, the groundwork, but most people aren't willing to do it because they think it's gross. They think it's going to take too much time and energy. But think of all that time and energy and money you're going to spend when you have things that have been festering, but you didn't know about because you just never heard about it. So now you've listened to this episode, you have no excuse. <laughs> I love it. I feel like this is we get one, we could do this all day. So at some point, we just have to decide where we're getting off the highway so that we can rest so that we can get back on when we do episode number three. I want to transition Rachel to a portion of the interview that I call our impact ingredients. The intention here is that these are rapid fire. And for anyone who's been hanging out with me since the transition of the of the uh, podcast, you know that these started as like, I would call them rapid fire, but they were like the deepest, most profound questions that could take an hour to answer. So I'm, I'm like, I'm working. We're a work in progress here. And here's my first question for you. When you need it at a moment's notice, how do you cultivate courage? Ooh, how do I cultivate courage in a moment's notice? I think I need to think about this. All right. Like a playlist? Is it like, what what do you do? Oh, okay. Well, I mean, it's either going to be Enya or heavy metal because I've grown up playing guitar. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Guitar is through and through since I was about 10 years old. Um, What do I do when I need courage? 
Well, actually, I was approached to do a pretty big headlining event with Tony Robbins. And I needed a little bit of courage to say yes, right? You know, we've kind of been stuck in this little bubble for the last little while. And it's a little me living on a little island, going to share the big stage with one of the biggest speakers in the world. Uh, yes. <laughs> so I think I gained courage from having an inner knowing that I'm doing the best that I can to do good work in the world in the highest, in my highest intention and also the highest intention of humanity. So that's where I get courage from is having a pure intention. What's your motivational beverage of choice? I have a few. Definitely not alcohol. <laughs> um, although if I do have alcohol, it's going to be a nice champagne, not Prosecco or Guinness stout. I don't do other commercial wines because they are just absolutely awful for you. But I do have a few beverages in front of me here. I like really nice clean coffee. I love matcha in the morning. Really like taking superfoods throughout the day to give myself a little bit of a hit of energy and uh, nutritional cofactors to help me out instead of going for that you know, fourth cup of coffee in the afternoon and lots of filtered and also bonus points for structured water. So it's a blend of coffee, matcha, superfood drinks, and water. What's the biggest non-negotiable in your life? My off-grid days. I don't think I could survive without my off-grid days, having that nervous system reset, being in the wild, smelling bears downwind from them, you know, having to have my senses heightened, pulling on my senses because there ain't nobody around to help me. If I get in a pickle, I am the help. <laughs> so that that is definitely something that's non-negotiable is having that time to rest, ground and recharge. As an entrepreneur, were you born this way or did you learn to become an entrepreneur? I was raised by a nurse and a carpenter. <laughs> so the path I was on was to be a nurse and, you know, give my all to my clients like my mom did for 30 plus years. Then she was you know, 200 pounds, 210 pounds. Then she got breast cancer. So I learned at that point how to not be a nurse and care provider and look, fill your cup first, put your oxygen mask on first. And then I thought, wait a second, I'm either going to do med school or become an entrepreneur. And I chose the entrepreneur route and I've never looked back. And it is something that I have had to learn. And it was a little too masculine at first with it, with you know the 18 hour days. And now I am resting comfortably and confidently and competently and more of the feminine flow in my business. I love that. Last question for you, Rachel. What do you want your legacy of impact to be? I have done some work around this. Of What do you look like at your deathbed? Visioning, envisioning yourself when you're about to cross over. And I see my husband. I see my future kids around. And I've written a couple books and I've done good things and share good messages to help other people be their most radiant versions. Because when we are our most radiant versions, we will have more positive interactions with people, places, and things. So if you work with me to get your skin right, well, you are in for a treat because we are going to help you become a pure human and when we are our most pure versions, we are our less interfered with versions. And we do have to be careful about that these days. 
Rachel Varga, it is always a pleasure to be able to hang out with you, listen to your wisdom and your insight about all the things I know nothing about. You are such a gem. Where can we send people to learn a little bit more about what you're up to in the world? Hang out with me on the Rachel Varga podcast. So tune in on, you know, your Apple iTunes, Spotify. I do quite a bit of audio only sessions there. So I can say what I want to say. I do interviews on YouTube as well, the Rachel Varga official YouTube channel. And yeah, that's the best way to kind of be in my energy uh, for free, get lots of great daily insights. And then, yeah, you can definitely ring me up and work with me and I can give you some guidance. Amazing. I well. know that we are giving everyone access to be able to learn more about how they can work with you. They can follow along with you on Instagram. They can listen on your podcast. I deleted my Instagram in March. Not on Instagram, all of the other places. Um, well, There's a strategic reason for that though. <laughs> okay. This, this is how we keep you hanging for yes. season three. <laughs> Um, we will, uh, we'll hook everyone up in our show notes, meganwalker.com forward slash podcast. Rachel, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me, Megan. And I'm excited to have you on my show next week too. Again, I can't wait. Impact is what lives on when we leave the room, tuck them in or step off stage. It is less about what you do, more about how you make them feel and everything about how you choose to show up in the world. If you enjoyed this podcast, hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you are listening to this episode. I am your host, Megan Walker. Until next week, aim for impact.